In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, hey, welcome, everybody. I can't tell you how excited I am about today's show. We've just got a super special person here with us today. Today's guest is social entrepreneur and owner of SoapHope.com, Salah Bukadum. Get ready to be inspired and awed by this man's message, because as you listen to Salah today, I'm sure you're going to agree with me that he can inspire owners of even the smallest business to have an impact on our economy and our environment. Salah has been building and selling businesses since his 20s, so more than 15 years now. Sorry to give that away, Salah. (laughs) (laughs) So he is certainly an expert, somebody we want to listen to. Now, his most recent venture is Soap Hope, selling natural soap products, which look absolutely wonderful. I know where I'm going to be shopping today. Uh, And his business invests every dollar of profit into organizations that provide microloans to women in poverty worldwide. Wow, that's like a really huge picture, Salah. Welcome to the show. I can't wait to hear more about it. Thank you, Marla. It's great to be with you. I've been so looking forward to this because um, I just think you have such a story to to share. And it's so inspirational. I recall chatting with you, gosh, it's probably been a couple of months now. And we talked about one of your blog posts where, uh, if I recall, a reporter challenged you about your idea of raising over a billion dollars. And it is a big idea, but you sure made it sound simple at the time we chatted. So tell us about it. Well, Marla, the, um, first of all, ideas like raising a billion dollars to me, although the number sounds big, uh, it's a totally approachable uh, goal. And I think that one of the things that um, all social entrepreneurs should do is to pick the very biggest problem that they think that they can address and the very biggest goal that they think they can reach. Because inevitably what you find is as you start to move towards your goal, what seemed big starts to become small. And I think most people experience that in their lives that they think back 10 or 20 years ago, some of the things they thought they could never achieve, they've knocked down as a goal. So I always encourage uh, others and my business partners and myself to pick that biggest goal that you can reach for, that you can visualize. So we decided um, that we wanted to raise $1 billion for women in poverty. And the way we were able to um, bring that to reality is to break it down into numbers. And it works like this. If you have 
just 50 businesses in each of 20 cities that are each generating $100,000 in profit each year. That's $100 million a year right there. Mm -hmm. So if you run that out over a 10-year period, that's a billion dollars. So even though it seems like a big number, if you just work the math and make a plan, uh, it's totally within reach. Yeah, that sounds very, very different when you say it that way. I mean, a lot of my business owners are profiting $100,000. It's just not all that uncommon. So you're right, breaking it down into those bites, chunking it down, as we as coaches say. <laughs> exactly. And if you, um, if you think about the $100,000 number, there are so many businesses, types of businesses that could participate in something like that. I've been asking companies and entrepreneurs all around me um, what their target profits could be. And it could be a bakery, it could be a, a daycare center, it could be a, an online store, a music school, a doctor's office, anybody really who has a reasonably sized business could participate in a goal like that. So it sounds a little scary as a business owner and as a business coach when you say this business is investing 100% of its profits. Explain that, will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, the way I like to talk about it is there's three general models for what happens with money in, um, in our world. And so one example is the philanthropic model. And that's where uh, typically donors will give money to a nonprofit. The nonprofit will do good with that money. But it's just a gift from the donor. They don't expect to get any kind of financial return or reward from that. And so we ruled out the philanthropic model uh, as a means to raising a billion dollars because it seemed like too big of a goal for us as individuals to find a billion dollars worth of donors. Mm-hmm. The other uh, model that's very common is the traditional business model, and that's where investors or entrepreneurs will put their capital into their business, and then the business generates profits, and those profits uh, are paid back to the investors or owners in the form of a dividend. And that's great. It's, um, you know, under our capitalist society, that's the way that uh, business traditionally works. The issue with that is there's typically not a tremendous social good that comes from that. So what we did is just combine the two. And we said, well, let's let every dollar of profit that's generated in a traditional business spend just one year doing service. So I'm not saying that the company should give away its money. What I'm saying is that the company invests its dollars just for one year. Um, Typically, we'll do this in the form of an interest-free loan and let that dollar do good. And there's a lot of different ways that a dollar can do good and still be returned to the entrepreneur. Our particular way of doing it is with microloans. So women in poverty receive a loan. They use that to start their own business or grow their own business. And typically the term of that loan is only a few months. So it's easy for us to be repaid after a period of a year. And then the owners get to have all the traditional benefits of having started and run their business. They also get to do a huge social good at the same time. What what a complex picture and yet... There's this flip side of the coin to it. It's this, this, there's this dichotomy, you know, because you just ha- are able to break it down so that it makes absolute perfect sense on paper. Now, 
as a business coach, I have to ask you, you're, you're loaning this money to women in poverty who wish to start a business. So I have two questions. How do you evaluate their business? And secondly, how do they pay it back after just a few months? Well, one of the wonderful things about microloans, there are institutions all around the world in virtually every developing country that are helping women accomplish this very process. So if you're a small business and you want to participate, you don't have to figure out how am I going to find the appropriate women, how am I going to evaluate their business opportunity to make sure that it's safe, how do I help them if they get in trouble. All of that is in place today in countries all around the world. And all you have to do actually is go on the Internet and look up uh, microloans or you can look up Grameen Foundation, which is one of the oldest and most respected uh, microfinance institutions, and you'll find um, groups that are doing this. And so you can also choose where your heart leads you to invest. Maybe that's in South America or India or Africa or some particular place that moves you. Now, the wonderful thing about microloans and to women in particular is that their repayment rates are incredibly high. In a typical um, developing country that has a good, strong microfinance institution, the repayment rates will be upwards of 98 or 99%. Whoa. It's really interesting because they've done experiments where they'll give loans to a group of women and then they'll give loans to a group of men. (laughs) 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 And the repayment rates for women are through the roof. They're so high. They take so much responsibility for the money that they've been loaned and they use it to not only help themselves but help their families and help their communities. So because the repayment rates have been so so much higher with women than men, you'll find that almost all microfinance institutions focus first and foremost on women. I have never heard that statistic before. That is absolutely fascinating. It is amazing. Uh-huh. Wow. I'm, I'm glad you're a man telling us that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons, Marla, that we got in the particular business that we're in. Um, when we realized what an opportunity there was to help people through microloans, we decided, well, since the recipients are mostly women, then we should build a business for women, especially for successful women here in the United States, because they can participate just by shopping. That makes it easy to help. So (laughs) our business focuses on all-natural body care products, and that means that um, about 80% of our customers are women, and also over 80% of our suppliers, the makers of these products, are women. So really... I love this model because it connects all the way around in a big circle of successful women in the United States being manufacturers and customers, then the profit's going to help women all around the world and kind of flowing back in a beautiful circle to me. You have such a wonderful ability to paint the big picture, Salah. It's really a gift. Um, Wow, I appreciate the way that you can explain this and really break it down for us. And uh, and you're giving heart. My goodness, it's such a wonderful um, thing to get behind, project to get behind. I just congratulate you on that. Wow. So one of the nonprofits you invest in is the Chiapas Project. Now, I have to tell you, my heart goes out there because when I owned my 
coffee house, um, we bought coffee from Chiapas and we invested back uh, profits into the, the farmers and they were able to buy their very first truck with our investments, our, our gift. Wonderful. And yeah, it was a wonderful experience for me. We're going to go into break in a few seconds. Real quick, tell us about the giveaway we have today. Well, uh, we have a uh, bar soap and bath bomb. They're absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. They're made by a company called Fresh, and they have real baby roses in them. They're just gorgeous. Oh, and I it's mm-hmm. very simple to, uh, to uh, enter to win. You just send an email to radio at soapope.com with your favorite product on our website, and you'll be entered. All right. We'll be right back. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Togginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. With your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer. And my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to mm-hmm. have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story. Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome back. We're here today with social entrepreneur and owner of SoapHope.com. Make sure you visit there today because it surely has some amazing products to look at. Sala, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So as we were going into break, we chatted a little bit about the giveaway, but we may have been cut off with the uh, email address to email to say that again. 
If you just send an email to radio at soaphope.com, all you have to do is tell us what your favorite product on our website is, and we will automatically enter you into a drawing for a fresh rose uh, bar soap and swizzle combo gift. It's an uh, awesome, beautiful gift, and it's got real roses in it. Uh, people just go nuts over the soap. Yeah. So we're excited to give one away. It looks beautiful. Thank you. That's very generous. And how long do we have to do that? Uh, we're going to choose our winners this weekend. So you've got all week okay. to uh, find a time to go visit SoapHope.com and, and uh, choose your favorite item. Awesome. Very good. Okay. So we were talking about Chiapas. And, and as I said, a part of my heart is there. It was just I can't even tell you how rewarding it was to, after one and a half years of investing some profits back in the our Chiapas project, that these farmers were able to buy a truck. And, you know, from our perspective, we don't always realize how, you know, a few dollars can impact a third world country and what this meant in the big picture to them. They were able to take their small children out of the fields. The kids were responsible for bringing wagons full <laughs> of the coffee beans back in into the um, the uh, the farmhouse, and they were able to put their kids back in school where they belong for part mm-hmm. of the day. So- yeah, it's incredible. The we think here in the United States about the range of rich to poor, but until you've actually gone and experienced uh, poverty in a place like Chiapas, it's almost mm-hmm. difficult to wrap your mind around it. And as you were saying, a truck to a group of people in a place like Chiapas would be like handing someone a factory here. It's mm-hmm. a huge, uh, unattainable, basically, type of infrastructure. And they can use that to create a whole economy for themselves. And as you said, it's critical to break the cycle of poverty by enabling the parents in the family to provide enough that they can let their kids go to school. Because if you don't learn how to read and write, if you don't learn basic education and basic skills, you, uh, you really can't lift yourself out of that cycle. So it's yeah. an amazing gift to help somebody by providing them with, with an investment in a, a truck or a, a farm animal or a loom or any kind of infrastructure that they can use to create their own income and then free up the whole family and lift that whole cycle of poverty and end it at that point. Mm-hmm. It really is more significant than um, we who have not traveled in third world countries could ever possibly imagine. That's right. It's so amazing. So, Salah, we probably have a number of people out here listening today who don't have businesses who have $100,000 in profits. Um, can you, do you have any suggestions for what the little guy can do? Absolutely. Um, I would say first, generally, anybody who um, is business-minded I really recommend that you think about the way that you do your business. Maybe it's uh, a a very small business or you're working for yourself, or even if you're working in a larger organization, to see if there's some component of doing good that you can integrate into what you do every day. And the reason I say that is I think a lot of people separate in their minds and in their lives what they do for a living and then what they do for their community, whether that's your local community or your world community. 
And it only takes a little bit of thought and a small change to tear that wall down and put those two together. And that's very, very powerful because if you think about an employee at SoFo, they come in every day and whatever they're doing for their job, every action that they take is also doing something for the global community. You don't have to choose between doing good and doing a job. So my first thought for anybody out there who has that heart or that mindset is just to ask yourself, what can I do, what shift can I make in my day-to-day activity where I'm earning my income or I'm participating in my family or whatever it is that occupies your day, how can I integrate doing good into that? Now, if you're specifically moved by microfinance, there are lots of opportunities to make a big difference with just a small amount of money. There are lots and lots of um, institutions now that have places online where you can make a small loan. You might be able to loan $20 or $30 or $50, and it is a loan. The intention is for you to get paid back. Uh, Sometimes they're at very low interest rates. Sometimes they're at no interest rates. And um, so a good example of that would be Kiva, for example, where you can make a person-to-person loan and actually choose the individual that's going to receive your particular loan and follow their progress. So those are really exciting and moving ways to get into microfinance on a small scale. And can you give us that website? It's Kiva. I believe it's Kiva.org. If you look up Kiva, K-I-V-A, on the Internet, you will... um, find their website, and they have lots of information online that that teaches about their program. A fabulous organization, absolutely fabulous. So that is really good to know because we can all participate. I mean, there there probably isn't anybody listening who can't uh, participate in that way, and that's just got to feel great too. And, of course, we can all shop at Soap Hope where (laughs) we know that, you know, our money is going to be pretty good there too, right? We love that. (laughs) One of the nice things about the shopping experience at Soap Hope is that uh, in your package, we'll send you information about the kinds of organizations that we're helping. So you'll actually get information about the Chiapas Project, information about Esperanza International, and see how we are making these investments. And you'll also get um, information written by me about the Good Returns Program and how we're implementing that in our business in case you want to follow that or if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to participate in that model. And the other thing I encourage people to remember is we give gifts all the time. We give gifts to our families. When we're business people, we give uh, thank you gifts and corporate gifts. And it is so moving to choose a gift that has a social good component to it, whether it's from Soap Hope or anywhere else. Instead of sending something that's just an item, if you send something where there's a social component to it, you're really telling customers or gift recipients, this is two gifts in one, one for you and one for somebody in poverty. I, I really like those kinds of gifts. Oh, I do too. It's such a meaningful thoughtful gift and uh, yeah you've actually got me thinking because boy my clients would sure appreciate that I attract <laughs> the most wonderful clients and they'd uh, they'd certainly enjoy that so so tell us a little bit about um, the three nonprofits that you specifically invest in okay well our goal over the long term is to have a nonprofit on every continent okay. and we've only been around for just over a year 
developing nonprofit relationships is a project just like any other business project. So we've got three so far, and we're hoping by the end of next year to have as many as a dozen. But the three that we chose to start with were the Chiapas Project. The reason to choose them is that their founder is in Dallas, and so we were able to meet with the founder of that nonprofit, and we're just absolutely moved by the way that the organization works. One of the incredible things about that group is that um, a donor gives 100% of all of the administrative costs of that organization. So every dollar that anyone else gives goes to the women in poverty. There are no dollars that are donated that go to running the organization. That's a fantastic model for a nonprofit. It's just beautiful. It really is. Oh, how beautiful. Okay. If somebody, if somebody gives a dollar, they're guaranteed that every dollar goes to the, the needy. The second one is called Esperanza International, and I love this particular group because they have a laser beam focus on the Dominican Republic, and they actually have a vision because on the Dominican, there are six million people, and half of them are in desperate poverty. And when we think about the Dominican Republic, we think about, oh, a place to go for a vacation or a honeymoon and beautiful sandy beaches and, you know, this really opulent and lush lifestyle. But just a few miles on the interior of the island, there are people who don't have enough food to eat. So the thing I love about Esperanza International is they have a vision to lift the entire island from poverty in one lifetime. And so being a numbers guy and a... Um, an entrepreneur, I like specific, targeted, achievable goals. And so instead of tackling the whole issue of poverty and saying, oh, there's you know, billions of people around the planet that need help, Esperanza has said, okay, I'll take responsibility for this one island. And in one lifetime, we're going to put enough resource there to uh, completely transform the island and eliminate poverty from it. I think that's a beautiful goal. That makes me want to fly over there and help. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third group uh, is called the Plan Fund, and we chose them because they're in Dallas, and they actually issue microloans to people in Dallas who are low income and are uh, worthy of having a loan but could not otherwise get a loan from a bank. And one of the things that... Um, strikes me about this group is they brought to my attention some of the problems that people have right here in our own neighborhood. If a person has suffered a devastating financial blow through illness, through having made some mistakes, or if a person is coming from prison, these are people who almost never can get themselves back on their feet again because their credit ratings are destroyed and it's difficult to get a job if you have something like that on your resume or on your record. So it puts them in kind of a real bind. The plan fund doesn't care about the past of a person. They care about the current potential of a person. So if they have a great business plan and they're responsible and they show that they're organized and ready to start their business, they will give them a loan of anywhere from $1,500 to $6,000 to turn their life around. We're going to hear more about that when we come back.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Sattler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check her website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. So pour that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, re building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her inside network on toginet.com and now back to your host marlon tabaka we're here today with Salah Bukadum, who is owner of Soap Hope and social entrepreneur, who's teaching us today how we can really make a difference and have an impact on our global economy. And uh, Salah, you were talking about the plan fund when we when we went into break. Tell us a little bit more about that one. Yeah, so uh, it's exciting to me that this model of microfinance can also work in the United States. And it's a little bit different here than overseas because $100 loan here doesn't take you very far. So right. the numbers have to be a little bit bigger. And in a developing country, there's a lot less mobility. People are probably living in a village or a small area together in, um, in tight-knit groups. And here, we're much more mobile and independent. So the programs have mm-hmm. to be tweaked a little bit, but they can be successful here, and that's very exciting. So that's why we chose to have the plan fund as one of our three starting nonprofits so we could get some experience with helping Americans in our own backyard who need that kind of assistance. I love that. That is so wonderful. And you know what I also enjoy about your 
big picture planning and, and just the way that you see thing is things is that it's not just our economy that you're looking at, but it's also the environmental impact of what we do. And Soap Hope really speaks to a beautiful model for that. Tell us a little bit about Soap Hope. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we have some creative folks here, uh, and that's lucky because we're always asking ourselves, how can we be more responsible, not just as people, but as a company? And when you have a small business, it's amazing how you truly can take responsibility for every single aspect of what you're doing. And that includes your environmental impact. So even though we have a social mission, that doesn't excuse us from our other corporate responsibilities. So the first question we ask, since we ship a lot of packages, is what can we do to minimize our waste that we create through shipping. And we designed something called the Ugly Box. And the way that that works is... <laughs> <laughs> That's too cute! Okay. <laughs> Tell us what the Ugly Box is. <laughs> well, when you order something from Sofo, you will receive it in a piece of reused, clean cardboard. And what we'll do is we take the product and take a strip of cardboard, wrap it around, the side and then take a flap of cardboard and wrap it around the top and tape that together. And the source of our cardboard and all of our packing materials is from another woman-owned business in Dallas who was moved by our mission. She instructed her staff to take all of their boxes and packing paper that they use in their company and instead of throwing it away, they give it to Soap Hope. And so we're able to get a second life out of those um, cardboard and, and packing paper materials. We don't generate any additional waste, and it's all still recyclable. So we love having the ability to reduce our environmental impacts, but we also love being able to form partnerships with other businesses that get to participate in our mission in an indirect way. So in a, in a certain way, her company is also helping these women in poverty just by providing us with cardboard. So we love the whole kind of complete cycle there. Uh-huh. Well, I think that as customers, we'll all forgive the ugly box, considering <laughs> considering what it's doing. That is just beautiful. <laughs> That's wow. true. And we so, put a nice yeah. big sticker on the outside of the box that says, is this box ugly <laughs> in huge <laughs> letters so that you know we did it on purpose. <laughs> I said it earlier, but you just really have this ability to see beyond the big picture, Salah. Have you written a book yet? I haven't. We want to write a book about good returns after we have real uh, two or three years of real data underneath us that we can share with others what works, what doesn't work, and some great uh, success stories for others. But I think um, we don't notice how many people and how many businesses are doing little good things all the time because we get focused on what we see in the media or we get focused on how big companies are um, interacting with us. But there's a huge segment of the American economy that's made up of small companies just like Hope, And I think that's where all the real innovation is happening, not just business innovation, but social innovation 
And I think that's where people take real responsibility because the owner of a company can choose and say, I'm going to take a stand on not using as much plastic or not using any plastic in my packaging, or I'm going to work with my vendors to uh, help them increase their level of awareness of what they're doing, or I'm going to partner up with a nonprofit. There's there's a, a huge population of businesses out there that are doing things like this all the time. So I'm always encouraging people, hey, look around at the small businesses in your community and look for the ones that are doing really good and go uh, be a patron of that company. Encourage mm-hmm. them and support them in what they're doing. So I know that, oh gosh, as little as just a few years ago, this type of mission would have, appeal, would have appealed to a very select group of people, a very certain type of person, and, and that there may not have been a whole lot of tolerance for getting an ugly box in the mail when you've paid for a product. <laughs> Do you find that that's changing and that more people are, are more aware and participating in programs like yours? I do. In fact, not only would I say they're more tolerant of it, I am finding that many consumers are demanding this now. Yes. It's not just, oh, Soap Hope sends an ugly box and that's okay with me. It's that they're actually talking to their friends and saying, check out what this company is doing. And I've had other businesses say, wow, I I could package my products like that too. And I think this has happened relatively recently. I think maybe in the last in years or so, it's yep. really started to grab hold. And in the last two or three, especially with the global economic downturn, people are becoming much more aware. They're thinking more deeply about how we're interconnected. So it yes. matters to them whether a company is being honest with their statements about their product. It matters to them if companies are being truly environmentally conscious or if they're just kind of pretending to go along with the trend. And it matters yeah. to them if the company has some component of their business that's a social mission and whether it's real or not. So I always encourage business owners to go as far as they can in every one of those areas. If you can if you are getting five percent of your profits, rethink that and say, you know, how can I make that not just a small piece of my business, but really integrate the concept so when my customers look at my company, they know I'm not faking them out. I'm, I have a true, deep, integrated social mission. Right. Yeah, I, I love that. And I noticed that in your products, you know, not just the packaging, but your products too, that we're looking at local botanicals and natural ingredients that are good for us. And, and you know, it's always been amazing to me that Let's face it, the skin is our body's largest organ, and That's yet right. oh, people will put chemicals that they don't even know is in their antifreeze you know, on their scalp or, or rub in, in their skin. And so you're really devoted right down to even that. Tell us a little bit about your products and why they're good for us. All right. I wish you were here and you could actually smell these oh. soaps. I have about 150 soaps laid out in front of me of all different colors and scents and textures, and oh. they smell so great. <laughs> I 
I'm jealous. I wish I could share that with you over the radio. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but the oh, common beautiful. theme in all of these products is we require them to be absolutely 100% all natural. Now, there are lots of products out there that say that they're natural or that say that they're organic, but that are still filled with because there's no regulation um, about what you can call a natural product. So a lot of companies want to put something natural and something organic in their soap bar or their facial cream or their shampoo and then label it natural organic shampoo when, in fact, 5 or 10% of it is filled with petrochemicals. So we do research on behalf of our customers. It takes a long time and a lot of work not every single person out there has the time to go study and figure out which brands are really all natural and which ones are kind of fudging it. So we do that work for them, and we make all of our, all of our makers uh, guarantee and certify their ingredients. One of the other big important issues for us is uh, for body care products, makers are not required to list all the ingredients in their product. So even for those um, thorough consumers who always pick up the product like me and read all the ingredients on the label, the makers are allowed to leave ingredients off the label. So just because you read all, you know, 20 items on there that are all natural, it doesn't mean that there's not an ingredient that they've left off that is not natural. So we go through a um, certification process with our makers and they're required to list every ingredient on the label. There are no parabens allowed, no artificial colors, no artificial fragrances, no artificial preservatives, nothing that's petroleum-based is allowed in any of these products. And it truly makes a huge difference. In fact, we've got uh, people who've had skin conditions their whole life who switched to an all-natural laundry soap and saw their skin conditions clear right up. We've had people who've had um, dry skin who've switched to all-natural soaps and just have transformed their experience with their own body. These products are so luscious, beautiful. They smell incredible. Uh, they're just a real joy to use. And once you use an all-natural soap, you will never go back to a store-bought chemical soap ever. Yeah. I agree. It's just amazing what a difference it makes. And, and even going to the non-chemical laundry detergent, you don't need those god-awful awful dryer sheets anymore after you wash your clothes a few times in the non-chemical laundry detergent because it's that that creates the static in the clothes. So, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to remind our listeners, go uh, send an email, radio at soaphope.com. And tell us what you love about the website and the products and what is your very favorite product on the website. Do I have that right, Salah? That's exactly right. We'll be back in a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. 
Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson is on Toginet. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central. Hi, I'm Susan Dobson, host of the new talk show, Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it, nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like yours. If you are ready and really want another way of living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson. On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges, and above all, its solutions. Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned, and what could change. Join us for Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with our guest today, Salah Bukadum, and we're just learning so many wonderful things, and now we're talking about skincare, and I just love talking about these kinds of things, so thank you. <laughs> So, you know, we were we were talking actually when we went into break about laundry detergent and I am so serious. It's, you know, people don't understand not only do we have this this chemical stuff on the sheets that our our children are sleeping on, um but we're also putting all of that back into mother earth, right? That's and right. yeah, and so you guys have solutions to things like this and well, I like that. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about uh, laundry detergents is there's really no need for all of the chemicals that they put into those bottles that you buy at the store. I'm, I'm always kind of amazed at um, why companies decide to do that. And, of course, in the end, it boils down to cost. But for very reasonable cost, about 50 cents a load, you can have a laundry soap that's not a detergent that is very effective on cleaning, that's very gentle on clothes, and that is so pure that if you were to pour the bottle down the drain, it wouldn't make any difference to the earth at all. Wow. And that's a real feel-good thing. And you've got a healthier skin to show for it. Exactly. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, the, the ingredients in a laundry soap are going to stay inside your clothes. And so if you've got artificial chemicals, you know, even after they're rinsed, there's a residue that's still in your clothes, which you know because you can smell 
the scent from the soap, so there's something that's left behind. And so the right way to do that for health purposes is to use all-natural essential oils, which serve two purposes. They help clean. The oils are, are part of the cleaning process. And then they leave a very uh, mild aroma behind on your clothes that smell awesome. There's all kinds of oils that can be used like orange or citrus or lavender or uh, frankincense. And so yet you get a great scent for the clothes without any of the artificial residue in your clothes, which is on your skin all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you hear parents talk more and more and more about their children's eczema problems. And I know that a lot of that comes from nutrition, but I believe that a lot of it also comes from our laundry detergent and the soaps and things that we're using on our kids. What's your thought on that? I completely agree. I notice that um, there are lots of customers that have talked to us and said, I've got... mm, any kind of skin issue, eczema or psoriasis or just the discomfort on their skin, what do you recommend? And the first thing, obviously, is to switch to something that's all natural. Mm-hmm. But in particular, there are a couple of uh, special medicinal type of soap products that you can find. Uh, one good example is pine tar or neem oil or yucca root. And those are three uh, types of ingredients that are known to help people with uh, skin issues. A lot of customers have told us that their whole life has been changed when they went to a soap like that because yes. if you have a problem with your skin, it, it's taking away from your attention 24 by 7. So it's really important to address those issues. And you can go to the doctor and try all kinds of uh, you know, steroids and things like that or... You can just switch to a natural soap and see if that solves the problem. To me, that seems like a much better solution. Right, right, absolutely. Um, I, you mentioned essential oils earlier, and I distribute the, the Young Living essential oils. And, you know, it's because I believe in the therapeutic oils so much, and I've seen what they've done for me and my family. And, uh, you know, it is. It's an amazing way to clean. And so one, of my, one of my friends always says that, you know, people think that clean smells like bleach or pine salt. <laughs> but clean is the absence of smell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm all about these products and really enjoy looking at the beautiful things on your website, too. So we've got, oh, gosh, probably about seven or eight minutes left um, to the show today, Helen. I can't believe how fast these shows go. You're just so much fun to talk to. What, what topic would you like to hit on next? Well, one thing that um, is important to me and that I like to share with, uh, especially with entrepreneurs, is the idea of responsibility. And to me, that's important, not just in every aspect of a business, but also in our daily lives. And since, um, since this is one of the focuses of your coaching and of your life, I thought that would be nice to talk about. For me, uh, a lot of people ask, you're, you have this good cause associated with your business, so how do people respond to that and How does that help your company? And one thing that I've learned very, very quickly when we started Soap Hope is if you're going to incorporate a good mission, 
that doesn't excuse you from being a great company in every way. So it's really important as we do our work to elevate our performance to the absolute highest level that we can. And then in addition to that, to add the good component to it. Our customers are very, very loyal because of the, uh, the use that we make of our profits. And that makes them feel good. It makes them, it's an added benefit for them to shop with us. But the, that doesn't mean that they're going to excuse bad customer service That's or right. a, a low quality product or long shipping times or anything like that. So we always are promoting inside our company to our employees. It's really critical that we perform at our best. And then that allows our social mission to really ring through and ride on that performance. We also um, can't expect doing good to substitute for communication. It's really important, whatever it is that we're um, trying to accomplish, that we communicate with others and let them know what's going on because outreach and sharing a vision is the only way that we're going to get uh, a change of mind and a change of heart in our society. So I really, uh, I love to encourage other entrepreneurs to pick the biggest dream that they can imagine, go for it, <laughs> and communicate about it. Uh, so I, this is a great forum for, uh, for sharing our vision and we're really excited to have the opportunity to, to do that here. Well, thank you. It's, it's just such fun talking to you and, and just hearing the way you, that, that you think. It's um, very refreshing for me to, uh, not that it's unusual because I get to talk to fabulous creative entrepreneurs all day long, but you just put a different spin on it, I think, taking it into you know, the global environment. And, and for me, that's just fascinating. And I love how... Um, you had put in some notes when we were exchanging notes um, earlier, set a long-term vision and then adjust along the way. Tell me what that means. Well, if, uh, if you had followed me from the first day that we decided to incorporate a social good into our business until now, you'd be surprised how far, how different it is from the day that we started. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And how do you feel about that? Well, I think that's a critical part of the process. Yes. So I think it's very important to have a blend of a very long-term picture for where you think you're going and then very short-term practical steps that you're taking down that road. Because what happens is, if you don't have that vision, then your steps are kind of meaningless. You don't know where they're really taking you. But if you're not willing to change your vision as your day-to-day -day progress happens and you start to see what works and doesn't work, then you can get attached to something that's not going to work over the long term. So I think it's really important to have a balance of both of those things. So my process is set the goal very far out. I like to think usually in terms of 10 years and the biggest thing that I can imagine for myself, and then decide, okay, to get there, what one, two, three steps do I need to take today or this week or this month? And then at the end of that period, to readjust and say, okay, is that still my vision? And to give you an example of that kind of shift, when I first started thinking about good returns, my goal was 
to have 100 companies participate. And then as I started to do research and realized how applicable this model is, I changed the goal to 1,000 companies. So I got 10 times bigger in the span of a year. If I wasn't willing to adjust my vision based on my experiences, then I would have put myself in a much smaller box and would have limited what I could bring to the world. Yeah, yeah. A much smaller, ugly box. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But our visions don't always necessarily get bigger and better. Sometimes it's simple, um, you know, turning, taking a different path and realizing that there's something very different we want. And, you know, oftentimes I'll talk to entrepreneurs who feel bad about themselves when that happens. And I love what you're saying because, um, you know, it is important to realize that it's not failure when you have to shift and adjust. That's exactly right. If you're, the only failure is if you continue to do something that's not working and refuse to be flexible and change. Yeah. So as, the, as we bring our gifts into the world and then the world responds to us, it's, uh, it's our responsibility and it's also just um, the most effective way that we can be to take that feedback and incorporate that and change as we go along. And that has to be um, okay with really anybody, entrepreneurs especially, but this applies to really in anybody's life, you have to be okay with readjusting and changing uh, because it's really, that, that's a process that works as opposed to being yes. fixated on something particular. It really is. So we're wrapping up the show. We have about 30 seconds. So Salah, what I'd love you to do is tell us again about how we can get our hands on some of this wonderful product of yours. Okay, well, visit SoPope.com. And we do have a giveaway if you send an email to radio at soaphope.com and tell us your favorite product on the website, we will automatically enter you. And this weekend, we're going to pick a winner for a beautiful soap and swizzle combo. So we hope you'll visit us. It is truly beautiful and going to a wonderful, wonderful cause. So I, I really thank you for being here with us today and helping us, even the smallest solopreneur-type businesses, understand how we can contribute to the, the greater cause, Salah. And this has just been wonderful. Thank you. Marla, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get